You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 231 of PHP Ugly. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me this lovely afternoon, night, is John Congdon. Hello. And it is a great evening. Thomas Rideout. Good evening. Good, good, good evening. I feel like I have so much to talk about, and I can't really think of any, any of it right now. How was everybody's week very busy again uh <clears throat> lots of stuff going on lots of reading lots of work uh had a uh, minor complete domain failure uh oh on that's one fun our, one of our systems today that was interesting the s- <laughs> small miscalculation while the uh boss was out of the office so <laughs> got that worked out but uh keeping very busy definitely have a lot for uh for our listeners tonight small oh, miscalculation what what does a small miscalculation mean uh a deployment was uh pushed out that included a uh redirect a domain based redirect to a new domain that was not configured in our env files <laughs> so oops if Whoopsie. only you had some unit test. What's hey? It wasn't me. I, I, I got the I got the call to I, fix it. It, it. it wasn't it wasn't meant you directly. You it was more of a metaphorical you, as in the company, the the culture. Oh, okay, big fella, what'd you do? What'd you do this week? Twiddle my thumbs. I've been I've been fighting PHP four code forever. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, we. I've told you that we we still have a library that was written for PHP 4, kind of worked in PHP 5, and then I hacked it to work in PHP 7. So it, it works. And within the, the code base, there's this transition to move to Doctrine, but we still have this old library just scattered throughout the code. So it's not like you can just pick it up and replace it. The problem is there are now two connections per request to the database, which has been causing a lot of the issues that we've seen over the past couple of months. And that's been resolved by allowing more connections to the back end. But there are still other issues when you have multiple connections, one of which that I didn't think about. I use a uh, MySQL variable set on a connection to trigger certain actions. When you update a, a table, maybe maybe it will do audit logging for you, but not for somebody else. And I, I solved that using a MySQL variable. That doesn't work when you have two connections because you only set it on one connection. <laughs> You're muted, Thomas. That is true. So, I'm always muted. So last week, I'm like, I am fixing this. I'm going to make Doctrine and data objects use the same connection. Unfortunately, I thought it'd be easier to make Doctrine use MySQLi than to make data objects use PDO. And I got it working. I I was able to prove that a web request resulted in one request or one connection to the back end. Beautiful. There you go. Somebody said, does that work in our workers? <clears throat> Good question. Let me go look. No, that didn't. Because, because the workers are a wrong, long running process, I constantly disconnect the database. So it's... You, does the normal bootstrapping, disconnects, and as soon as it has a job to process, it reconnects and 
does the job and disconnects. I fought for a couple of days to try and fix this. And I successfully got it to go from two connections to three connections. That seems seems like the wrong direction there. <laughs> that is the wrong direction. It, it took me forever to figure out. And it, it, what it boiled down to was the, the container trying to... We have code in there that uh, basically resets the con- container or gives you a, a new one. Mm-hmm. But something with the... <sighs> The auto resolution of of some classes was giving old connections, old old objects, which ended up in reusing old connections. It was just a nightmare to mm-hmm. to, to resolve. And finally, we did. So that was my week. It was a pain in the butt. Cool. That sounds no, fun. it wasn't well, cool. I'm complaining, and you're saying it was cool. No, 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 no. That's no, it was it, it was cool. Cool it was you, not me. That's that's that yeah. was what was cool. I mean, did you, Eric? Realize- how about- you learn something that's what that's what matters is the friends we make along the way well no what i learned is after (laughs) after getting it working we're now we uh unit tests failed so now i'm going back to the original plan of well let me see if i can backport pdo into data objects so while i have it mostly working i would have to do a whole lot more work to make it a true fix or try to go the other direction i'm going to try that tomorrow and see what happens (laughs) wish me luck I do. That's all I can say. Uh, first thing when so I wake up, usually. I had a, I had some fun this week. Um, well, before I start, John, just to let all of our loyal listeners know, we're going to be without John Congdon next week, aren't we? Not necessarily. We, that's not confirmed. Oh, really? Well, way to make me look stupid. Appreciate that. <laughs> you could have you just said, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll be here. <laughs> I'm planning on being here. Well, that's cool. Never mind then. I I thought I we were I thought we were down down a Congdon next week. It's like fifty fifty right now. Fifty fifty. No, it's got to be got to be eighty thirty. That's correct <laughs> math. I understand, but just bear with me. You, you, you're All using right. PHP math, aren't you? That's right. I am. I, I actually had a, a fairly productive week uh, for our Diego Dev stuff, specifically Argus. Um, I finally got my live wire components deployed, which I was happy. And thanks to unit test, we didn't break anything. Uh, we, I had it deployed. I deployed it to dev and I noticed that Git actions was failing. It was actually failing for a completely different reason. I'm like, man, let me just run the unit test locally just to make sure they're passing and they weren't passing. I'm like, hmm, that's weird. So I spent some time looking at it, got the unit test. Fixed because the unit tests were actually broken, but what, the tests the, still the weren't. T- pe- the tests were broken, or the code, the code changes the, broke the, the test. The code changes broke the test. So when I fixed it, when I got it fixed to where it should have passed, it was still failing. I'm like, hmm, that's weird. I'm like, well, let me just test it on Dev because based on where it was failing, I could just go to Dev and test it. It, it was essentially failing on the creation of a new cron cron monitor which is kind of what argus does is just monitors cron jobs so i'm like well this has got to be easy to prove i must have done something wrong let me go into dev and make sure that it actually works before i push it to production and sure enough it was broken i'm like (laughs) son of a bitch test saved my ass here so uh i got got that fixed and uh got my got my test passing i still can't get github actions 
passing because now it's complaining about some Stripe calls that we have that um, for some reason it, it works in PHP unit, but however GitHub Actions is running PHP unit, it seems to choke. I haven't figured out why yet, but let's, uh, let, let's work on that tomorrow because I would like to set up GitHub where you can't deploy until GitHub Actions or you can't merge until GitHub Actions pass. I'm down for that. I'm down for that for sure. I did have a weird problem with Argus, and, and this actually leads me into another story. The deployment. So this is one of the services we have set up where uh, we have uh, Forge. Uh, Forge actually created the server. It manages the server, and we use Envoyer to do the deployment. These are both uh, products from Taylor Otwell, Laravel uh, products. And it's typically not a problem, but my deployment to um, to dev kept failing. I'm like, how? What the hell is going on here? It's like there was nothing weird about the about the code itself. So I look, and it kept harping about a dependency. I'm like, I don't understand. I'm using the same version of PHP in my dev environment. You know, why is this dependency issue all of a sudden a problem? And it, it was it was actually Sentry. I'm like, all right, you know what? Maybe I'll just swap Sentry out for Honey Badger because I like Honey Badger. I got a story about that later as well. Yeah, we'll, me we'll, too. We'll hit on <laughs> we'll hit on that at the sponsor section. But um, so I'm like, all right, maybe I'll rip Sentry out. And then something had caught my eye that the dependency issue was with Composer. It was complaining saying it needed Composer 2 to install. I'm like, what? Like, why does the package care what Composer version is installing it? And I, I still don't know why Composer 2 was a requirement, but it was. So fortunately, it's a pretty easy upgrade from Composer 1 to Composer 2. You just basically do Composer self-update dash, dash, dash 2 or dash 2. I can't remember if 2 or 1 dashes. I do it. It updates, it installs, everything's fine, everything's gravy, I'm happy. So then I work through all that testing issue, and I get it in a state where I'm like, all right, I'm ready to, to deploy to production, and I have the same dependency issue. I'm like, oh, hold on. I know I upgraded Composer, so why is it complaining now? And I looked at the error, and it's complaining about Composer. So I log into the server, and I, I this is the production server, and I'm like, well wait a minute, Composer is at one again, but I'm pretty sure I had upgraded this one yesterday. I'm like, ah, I must have just forgot to do the server. So I go ahead and I hit, I hit Composer, upgrade, up self-update again to two. It updates, it deploys, no problem. So then I'm sitting there, I'm thinking like, man, I am almost positive I up, upgraded this yesterday. So I sit there and I let it sit. And the next, I stay logged into the server. So I log out and I log back in. And it still says this at Composer 2. I checked the version. I'm like, all right. So I stay logged in to the server, go to bed. I wake up in the morning, and I check again. And when I check in the morning, it says Composer 1. And the terminal never ended. So the terminal stayed active to the server the entire time. I'm like, huh? what the hell happened? I'm like, what the hell? Why does this keep rolling back? You have a cron job so that's updating your Composer. That's what I thought. So I'm checking all the cron jobs because that's what a normal ops person would do. I'm like, there has to be a cron job here somewhere. I'm checking. I'm checking. I can't find a cron job anywhere. Nobody has any cron jobs, which to this day, I will say the maintainer of the cron, uh, the cron command needs to do something about dash R dash E being right next to each other. Cause 
That has bitten me more than once, and it terrifies me every time I do crime. Because it doesn't give you a warning. If you hit dash R, it just removes all the crime. It doesn't say, are you sure? It just says, oh, fuck it, it's gone. But, so I'm stressed, and I'm not finding crime jobs anywhere. So I open up a ticket with Forge, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You have, you know, that's a legacy server. It was built, you know, it was built a long time ago, and we have this cron job that does it. it. It's actually configured in the Forge interface. And I'm like, I've never looked at this. Thanks for telling me. So I finally got that resolved. But uh, yes, yeah, so so I got that. What was, the, what was the resolution? Fixing the cron in Forge or redeploying mm-hmm. a server? No, well, uh, they they'd actually suggest a re- redeploying a server, and I might actually end up doing that. But, uh, but yeah, I could just fix the the. I guess they're called scheduled jobs. It's basically a cron job in Forge. Uh, I just fixed that to remove the the rollback it was doing and have it just update for version two. Well, but then know. I'm not even oh. done. I'm not even done. Uh-oh. What? Let me hear it. No, I, I'm moving on to another story. What what were you, what were you gonna say? I was going to say, you know, uh, you know what you should have had is a managed server host. We bring today's podcast to you in cooperation with Cloudways, a managed cloud hosting platform built for your PHP projects. If you simply wish to focus on your business, Cloudways is the way to go. They take over server management and security and free up time that you can dedicate to growing your business and acquiring new clients. Their platform offers you a choice of infrastructure as a service partners, such as AWS, Google Cloud, DigitalOcean, Linode, and Vulture. In addition, you get a performance-optimized stack, managed backups, and staging environment where you can test your code before pushing it to live servers. Best of all, Composer and Git come pre-installed so you can get your projects up and running quickly. All this power, simplicity, and peace of mind falls right in line with their brand slogan, Moving Dreams Forward. Be sure to visit cloudways.com today. Sign up using the promo code PHPUGLY and get a $25 credit. Thanks, Thank Cloudways. You. Oh. Thank you to our sponsor, Cloudways. Thank you, Cloudways. And you, you may be correct. Maybe maybe if I had Cloudways, it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have been as big of a problem. I'm just saying. But then, moving on to uh, client work, we we in Diego Dev, we've been looking to leverage CouchDB for a long time. Uh, we've had it sprinkled here and there for projects, but never really built a project that was going to take advantage of CouchDB. Uh, we we built a, a, a um, proof of concept for a client once, and uh, they fell in love with CouchDB. They're, they're like, oh my God, why aren't we all using this everywhere? If you're not familiar, CouchDB is a document store, so it's not a relational database. It's Everything is stored as as documents. For CouchDB specifically, there it's just this JSON that's stored. Um, CouchDB, we like. It's kind of like if you're familiar with MongoDB, it's kind of like that. The reason we like CouchDB is because everything works over HTTP and HTTPS. So it's all internet protocols. There's no need for special drivers or anything like that. Um, it really makes it very simple to to work and interact with. So as I said, we, we've been playing around with it for a long time. Uh, me and, and one of the developers at Diego Dev actually worked for a company that built a product around CouchDB. And, and that's kind of where we, we kind of saw the benefits of this architecture. Especially so when we it's distributed, this, right? Right, distributed. Uh, 
so we we built this MVP for the client. They loved it. They loved CouchDB, but they didn't move forward with it. So then we're building a another. We're we're actually rebuilding an existing application. And again, the the one of the places that Couch really shines, as uh, John touched on, is allowing it's it's synchronization is just unmatched. The way it's able to synchronize with other CouchDB instances not only on servers, but on mobile devices as well. So you is, can actually... Is this the, mm-hmm. the Ruby app you're talking about? Yes, the, the one so, we rewrote. So so it's a very legacy Ruby app that nobody wants to maintain. So we are migrating it to PHP, making it more maintainable, and trying to introduce mm-hmm. CouchDB into the mix. Legacy Ruby. I thought I'd never hear that. <laughs> So since the um, the original application used a relational database, it actually used a combination of MySQL and Postgres. It was this really weird Frankenstein-built thing. Um, so we wanted to keep the relational database aspect of it in place because we didn't want to make too big of a leap. But we were quickly running into, there's no way we can do both because things were going to fall out of sync. And the one thing that I, that I had remembered is that MySQL actually does basically does event sourcing. It, it has an event stream that it records everything that it does within its database. And the developer we have working on this My, wait, 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 figured wait, wait, wait. out. You, you said MySQL does that or Couch does that? I, I'm, I'm sorry, CouchDB. CouchDB does that. Uh, so it, it it's basically event sources, everything it stores, all the documents that it stores, how it got there, what was updated, by who it was updated, it's just event sourcing, essentially. The developer working on that figured out how to tap into that event stream. I mean, it, it wasn't. It turned out it wasn't even rocket science. I mean, it was something. It was. An, it was an API that they make accessible, and he just taps into this event stream, and then basically listens for events, and then plucks the data he needs out of those events, oh, and puts nice. them in the tables that he needs. Oh, it is so nice. It is so sweet. That that was one of the biggest hurdles. I was worried. I wasn't sure how we were going to get over it. And uh, and CouchDB just makes it su- super stinking simple. It says, hey, you know, I'm an event store. Just tap into my event stream and I'll tell you, you know, what changed, what, you know, where it changed, what about it changed, what was added, what was deleted. And this developer just said it was pretty, pretty simple. Once he, once he realized that that was there, it was simple to write the the watchers for it and say, okay, you know, watch for these events and so the, the whole so. point of the whole point of that was to listen to the stream and then keep the MySQL database in sync. Yeah, so the, the My MySQL database only needs certain portions of data. So it doesn't it doesn't even I don't think it even takes everything that gets stored in CouchDB. It just needs uh, certain information to keep uh, a couple of tables updated internally. So it actually works out really well, but yeah, I, I, su- super excited by it. I mean, that, and that we're, like we're getting close to implementing uh, CouchDB is well. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, I guess you can say maybe we, we actually so, when we were looking into event sourcing, we actually mm-hmm. looked at potentially using Couch as the event sourcing uh, data data store. But yeah. we 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 actually there. There are actually databases around event sourcing now. Yeah, so the the CouchDB event sourcing isn't necessarily event sourcing because you're not giving it named events. It's just saying, hey, I've updated this document and here's what's changed. 
right? Okay. Yeah. So he so he's looking for any update and then looking to see if a specific field has changed, and if so, updates MySQL. Is my assumption. I haven't seen the code yet. I'm kind of excited about looking at it. Yeah, really excited about this, and then really excited to see it in action. Matter of fact, we were talking through today because, because again, this client we have, they have, um, they have customers across the country, and one of the challenge, challenges we are, always had is trying to give the best performance for people on the East Coast. Who are, who are also on the West Coast, well, now with CouchDB, and because so much of this application from the customer's perspective is mobile, uh, they don't really go to a web interface except to kind of configure things. Uh, we can deploy a CouchDB instance on the East Coast, a CouchDB instance on the West Coast, tell them to stay in sync with each other, it's not. It's we we were going through the whole. You know what? What is this architecture called? Is this master master? I don't even know what we call them anymore. Main 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 secondary. It's like no. It's it's not any of that. These are just because in the world of CouchDB, it doesn't have to be a complete sync. Like you can just say. I mean, let's just say theoretically, you know who your East Coast clients are. You can tell Couch, hey, just replicate the East Coast clients to the East Coast server and don't worry about the rest of the stuff because they're all West Coast clients. And you, you can do it's not it's not exactly sharding, but it's you can kinda it's kinda like you can select the data you want you want to synchronize if you don't want to synchronize everything. Well and then um, to that point that's all that's the whole reason for getting it onto the mobile devices, right? Because then you can also mm-hmm. sync down only the data you need. You don't sync down the entire database. Correct. And uh. it allows them it allows them to work offline. So these these customers go into like underground garages and they they have these spots where they don't have wireless access. So they have a Wait working a instance of the database. Is this and then when they get back layer? online <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes these workers they're just all the well, way down in a volcano in the middle of nowhere it might not have internet access. Well, that was the thing with the, with the with the Ruby code. Didn't the mobile devices connect and like on login? It was a super slow process because it was slurping down as much so much data. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it, 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 it was yeah, it, it it was over overdoing it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, now it's it, a, it, 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 now it's just a CouchDB yeah, that syncs and it only syncs what it needs and it should be so much faster. It, it yeah, it only sync it only syncs for. Um, not only what they need, so it might not even sync everything for that client. It might only sync the stuff that is represented to the customer who's logged in. So the customer has employees, and and you know they don't all have access to everything. So if you're John and all you're doing is one section of of this building, it's only going to download that one section. So. Yeah, it's very cool. That reminded me, and I, I just did it. If you listen to us in Discord, if you're not in our Discord, if you listen to us while you're in Discord, uh, you should join our Discord. It's discord.phpugly.com. Uh, the little ugly bot is in there running, and you can now sh- suggest titles to the show, which helped me a lot last week get people angry at us. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I was going to ask about that. You you had said you got a little bit of hate mail for references to peeing in bottles. Yeah, I, it's probably not worth talking about. There 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 was there was somebody unhappy about it on Twitter and basically said that 
I, I got the impression that, that they were done with the podcast. They, they'd stop listening. And I just thought to myself, if if that was the thing that pushed you over the edge, you probably should have stopped listening a long time ago yeah, because you we you have said much worse clo- things. Closely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was somebody somebody unhappy with the way we covered the Amazon uh, t- uh, story that John brought up. And I actually re-listened to it uh, because I always listen to the podcast a couple times. And I happened to listen to it again after we got those tweets. I'm like, man... Was I really that insensitive? And I listened to it. I'm like, you know, you. It wasn't I suggested that bad. building urinals into delivery trucks. <laughs> I don't think it was you. No, I think it was me. I, I'm pretty sure it was me. <laughs> I could be wrong, but uh, it's typically either way, me. What happened after we recorded that episode? The very next day, Amazon comes out and says, "Well, okay, sometimes our employees pee in bottles." <laughs> So hey, it's not on us. It's on it's on Jeff Bezos. Well, are they are they doing anything to address it? Uh, not that I can tell. Well, acknowledging the problem isn't really anything, but okay. That's because there was, that's that. because there were, okay. there were so many stories coming out about where they one. acknowledged it, but then somebody else denied it, and they're like, "This is an issue. If you have somebody saying you're, you're doing it and somebody else saying you're not, how can we trust you?" So they're just right. trying to rebuild rebuild trust of some sort. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, so next week, I guess voting starts for the next release manager of PHP eight point one. I saw, voting I starts. saw that that's that's getting ramped up. I'm putting all so my they, karma behind somebody. I just don't know who yet. They <laughs> they have they have they have a uh, they have a veteran who's now stepped up and said, "Okay, I'm willing to to help whoever comes on." Uh, with release management, it does sound like they're going to elect two people, um, you know, which which is good. I think it's good. Uh, but yeah, voting starts next week, and I think it's still. I think there's still like eight people um, in the running. So, and yours truly is one of them. I'm very excited. I'm 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 very excited about this. I, I I'm not even lying. I'm I'm super excited about it. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like I, I I've made worse mistakes in my in my past. So I I feel like this you know might not. Be- I'm I'm super excited for you. I'm I just find it funny that before you put your hat in the ring, you were pushing Tom and I to do it pretty hard. Absolutely. It's like because like, no, I love vicariously through you guys. It's I want like, to vicariously go, through you. No. No, that's yes. not how it works. Uh, yeah. It's going to work that way this time. We've got some interesting big news this week, and I'm amazed you guys don't have it on your Trello boards. I do. But, I just uh, It's hidden from you. Oh, okay, I'll, let, I'll let you spill it, though. <laughs> I, I won't. Uh, the Supreme Court has sided with Google nice. in Google versus Oracle. Uh, oh, for the Java? For the Java API. Uh, the Supreme Court has, has outright stated that... Uh, Replicating an API is not a uh, copyright or trademark violation and is perfectly legal. So re-implementation is once again okay. Uh, and this is a big one because APIs all look the same and you don't want some copyright troll out there suing you for using a RESTful API that looks like their RESTful API. Interesting. That's, that's true. There seems like there's got to be a gray area there. If you're replicating it in a way to do the same exact work. I mean, I don't know the details. I'm, I'm guessing here. I'm just, I, I right. this is the I mean, first I've like, heard of like, it. It's like a tire. It's like, there's only so many ways you can make a round tire. Everything's going to start to look the same. Eventually it's not necessarily ripping one another off. 
Right. Yeah, so I agree. The, the brief summary is that uh, Oracle claimed a copyright on their Java APIs, which is essentially just the names and formats for calling the methods that they were attached to. So it was literally just the the face of the API. Um, mm-hmm. This this but was never... the back end supposed was the back end supposed to do the same exact work? I mean that's the that's how most interoperable systems work is they have a, a shared front language and a differing back end doing the same yeah. thing but doing it differently. Uh, that's how x86 CPUs work. Uh, IBM mm-hmm. created the the x86 model and Intel copied it. And if that were illegal, we wouldn't it, have desktop computers. It's a compliment. It just means you define the standard. It's like yeah. okay, this is the standard. You know, everybody does it. Yeah, it's it's like making it illegal to to hand duplicate a uh, a painting, which it is not. It's, it's illegal to pass it off as the same thing, but it's not illegal to duplicate a painting. Mm-hmm. Unless it has a NFT attached to it, and then it is. Then you just can't NFT. Duplicate it. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> NFTs! Here we go. Here we go. So that's uh, that's fair use. That's a very important lawsuit for for us, especially as API developers. Uh, it, this is the kind of lawsuit that gave copyright trolls free reign to sue anyone for anything. Uh, Whatever uh, happened with the copyright trolls around like form forms on HTML pages? That was a huge thing years ago. Uh, I believe they settled with a lot of their clients or with a lot of their a uh, lot of their suits. Hmm. Uh, the copyright trolls are frighteningly successful. Wasn't wasn't didn't the person who had the copyright to gifts threatened to start suing people who use gifts or something? Or mm-hmm. yeah, I, I remember something like that. Um, CopyServe. That was really? CopyServe. Yeah, oh, uh, I guess we're going back a couple decades. The the fortunately the patents and copyrights on those things expired about ten years ago. Hmm. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. CopyServe was the PNG format. The GIF was uh, with Larry Garfield. <laughs> Larry Garfield? Not not the PHP Larry Garfield, no, I, I assume you're not talking No, I'm, th- I'm thinking of somebody else then. Yeah, but, you're talking about, think about yeah. PHP Larry Garfield. For, for a while, people weren't using PNGs because CopyServe was getting very litigious about it. I thought PNGs were created to circumvent some uh, format. Was uh, I don't know. I don't remember all this they're, history. They're a compressed, lossless format, so they were intended to compete with JPEG. And they also supported background transparency. Yeah. Uh, you guys excited about Octane? I don't know. I want to be excited, but I'm not sure if I am yet. Are you? Kind of. I want to get I want to get Octane running on a Docker image on a Raspberry Pi. Then I would be happy because then I feel like... I could rate some crazy shit like monitors and stuff for devices. But can't I'm not you do really that without Octane. I'm confused. Well, so Octane, if, if Octane I if can I run continuously, right? If I'm using things like sensors, if you remember, John, we had that one client that was using sensors before. Mm-hmm. This is where something like Octane is really going to come in, come in handy. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm curious about it, but, but don't really have a. If you're writing a specific, I don't understand the benefit of it. If I'm writing writing a long running process, which I have currently in production, I bootstrap up and then I have my long running process. What is Octane giving me that I don't already have? So Octane is giving you a request, uh, a bootstrapping the framework without maintaining the request every execution. So now that Laravel is lightly supporting Swole, 
what it means is that once the request is handled and the response is pushed out, then that space of memory dedicated to that request is flushed and waits for a new request. So you skip the bootstrapping process of the framework. But I thought it wasn't going to be a big thing in the web interface world. Parts of it are going to be a big thing in the web interface world because it's going to handle requests much, much faster. Um, Parts of it are designed for uh, I.O. and... Uh, asynchronous calls. Uh, so Octane can run some asynchronous listeners. That's part, That's the thing that would work best with sensors, is having an asynchronous listener passing data to a, a synchronous script waiting for data. Um, <clears throat> it also supports the, uh, the Octane route, which uh, allows for a <clears throat> scheduled execution uh, down to one second, I believe. Uh, concurrent tasks, uh, ticked tasks, uh, Octane caching, caching intervals, uh, database table caching, a lot of stuff. Uh, One of the interesting things about it is now that the beta is out, the documentation for the beta is out, and one of the big things with Octane was, hey, it works with Roadrunner and Swole, Um, but that's Mm -hmm. just as a a framework caching service. Uh, Almost every other feature of Octane requires Swole specifically, not Roadrunner. Really? Yeah, because Roadrunner is just that that virtual machine, the virtualization and the uh, the bootstrapping functionality, whereas Swole has all of the asynchronous stuff built into it. So if you do want to use the uh, the ticks, the Octane ticks, where it runs a, a process or runs a method on a schedule, that is a Swole specific functionality. Hmm. What is your PNG here of a conflict with Laravel Octane? Well, so this is the issue: is that Swole, the way it works, is not compatible with everything. Uh, you can definitely write stuff into memory that's going to create memory leaks and cause problems. Um, so if you have a Laravel package that is not compatible with Octane you can flag in the composer JSON for that package that it is not compatible with this other package. So when, when someone tries to install your library over Octane or Octane over an already installed instance of your library, it will say, hey, these two things are not compatible. Uh, and this is a big recommendation to prevent headaches for people. So if you're... So that this isn't an Octane thing. This is a composer thing. This is a composer thing, but it's going to really apply to Octane because of the uh, the conflicts that are guaranteed to occur. Hmm. I wonder how often that gets used. Because you know there's conflicts between libraries all the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I've, I've never heard of it until now. But uh, it, is a, it is a composer thing that should be used more often, I, I assume. So, and you're I, talking about composer. Octane, it, I was saying, Octane is now released in beta. So anybody can actually use it. When, he first, when we talked about it last week, it still hadn't hit the public uh, channels yet right. for, to, to be consumed. Uh, so it's github.com slash Laravel slash Octane, and that's where the docs currently reside as well. So if you want to read about it before implementing it, that's where you got to go. Hmm. Uh, there's a, a very large section about dependency injection uh, that you may have. Uh, you may have services that are uh, late, lately bound and if they're not bound when the application starts up, they won't be bound afterwards. Right. So you, you do have to do some work to make sure your application is going to work on Octane. Uh, but it looks cool. I'm, uh, I'm excited. Why are you exci- Now, do you think you're going to use it? Or why are, you, why are you excited? It's cool new stuff. It's, it's asynchronous yeah. PHP. It's faster. It, you know, 60,000 requests per second on Taylor's example. It's like, it's cool. It's, yeah, that, that's how I am. It's like, it, I, it's I, cool, I want to play with it. use it? Yeah, I I don't know who uses who uses Node. You, well, right? you're gonna I put, mean, you're gonna put it in the, the pro, 
you're going to put it into production and break something, and it's just going to be a nightmare. Well, Swole is already in use at a number of uh, enterprise-level, uh, I, I say with no irony, uh, enterprise-level installations. <laughs> there, there's a lot of Swole stuff out there. Um, people claiming to, to get quadruple the performance out of it. Mm-hmm. So. And if you're in a microservices environment, you don't have to use it across the board. You can have one microservice that's tuned for it at a time. Well, microservice everything then. No, don't do that. Okay. Don't, don't. Uh, don't last week, anything. I promised you guys, I promised you guys I was going to read all about auto capturing multi-statement closures and short functions. Oh, Nuno's, uh, Nuno's RFC, right? Is, was that it? Uh, yeah. Nuno Maduro and Larry Garfield. Yeah. Hey, there's where that name came up. <laughs> Uh, so the the first step of this is the short functions RFC. <clears throat> um, we already have uh, short functions, uh, uh, lambdas or arrow functions in PHP. Mm-hmm. Um, this new RFC adds uh, a little bit of clarity to how short functions work. Um, set in, uh, namely, it adds the ability to name short functions. Uh, previously, a short function was always an anonymous closure uh this simplifies the language between that because there are there are two parts of uh short functions one of them is called auto capturing and one of them is the uh auto return the lambda style response uh if you're not familiar with what auto capturing is uh in a short function if i reference a variable that's outside the scope of the function then it will fetch that variable Whereas in a regularly defined function, I have to pass it into the function with the use state. Mm-hmm. So that that action of seeking out the variable closest to it is called auto-capturing. Now, with this short function RFC, they've also submitted a auto-capturing multi-statement closures RFC, which is a very confusing name. But it basically means that if you use a named arrow function, then it will auto-capture elements from the named, like like a short function would. And if it's a single line, then it is an optional return. If it has brackets, then it won't auto-capture, and it uses a statement list instead of auto-returning the first response. So it's taking the concepts that are functionally quite similar, but on implementation, very different between short functions and regular functions and just sort of mashing them together so that using the correct operator, you get the functionality you would expect out of both regular functions and short functions. So it looks like it's mainly getting rid of the use and then the variable list. Uh, Yes. So if I were to pass... This is where I would get confused. If I were to pass this function into another object, pass it somewhere else and use it, which variable is it going to use? In this case, $y is being passed in through a use statement. But I don't even know the answer when I have a use statement. So I would be lost. So a use statement just makes the variable accessible in the scope of the function, which means that it would be passed by... uh, by reference. But is it I, the variable that is at the point of declaring the closure, or is it a variable later on where you use that function? The closure is evaluated on each execution. So if the Y variable, which is being passed in in the use statement or in an auto 
um, auto capture setting. If it changes, then every time it's evaluated, it's evaluating the changed version. Because remember, the variable is just a reference to a point in memory. So it's always checking that point in memory when it's executing. And closures are not... So in this case, where all it's doing is adding X and Y. X is being passed in when you call the function. So $FN1 parenthesis 2, and then it's going to add it to Y. In the method that's in there, Y is what is declared at the point the function is is declared or the yes. anonymous closure. If I take that closure and I pass it somewhere else and it has a different dollar Y, which one is it using? The I believe the functionality of auto capture is the closest variable within the scope, starting with the function scope, then the class scope, then the global scope. At the point of declaring the closure or at the point no, of using the closure? at the point the of closure. executing the closure. That is fascinating. Because th- this is why you can assign a closure to a variable because the variable represents an opcode compiled version of the function call but it's or, or, or a tokenized version. Uh, but that tokenized version is evaluated on every execution of that variable. So it uh, compile once, execute multiple times. I have a lot of code that has a use statement, but it's meant to be executed basically in line. Now I'm very confused. If I were to assign that closure to a variable, pass that variable around, which variable is going to be used in the use statement? Now I need to go test that. I will leave it to you to test that because I don't want to test that at all. (laughs) Um, But I I believe it is a very uh, scope-focused functionality. Right. That's what what you're telling me is if I were to pass it, it would use a different variable than I might have been expecting. And that's where I'm confused. Yes, it might. Um, I don't use the auto capture stuff. I'm not even uh, talking about auto capture in general. I'm talking about the use piece of a closure. I'm not even talking about manual, this RFC. That's, that's considered manual capture. So I don't, I don't use auto capture. And when I do use manual capturing, it's like right after I declare a variable in a request or something like that. It's I don't have helper methods that reference uses. So I'm not sure. Hmm. It might just check the parent scope of the of the declared function, but with a closure, right. I'm I'm really not sure. Right. Interesting. Never, uh, I've never thought about it. I do the same thing. I, I'll cl- create a closure, but I'm basically executing it right away. So I'm using the variable that I is right there. I'm not passing right. it around so much. Yeah, and when I when I do use manual captures, it's within a a method defined in a class, so its scope is very clearly defined for me. But I haven't I haven't tried it any other ways. All right, let me know what you find out. Of course, yeah, I, I'm so good at homework. I'll definitely do that. Don't don't you worry. <laughs> I'm sure I will remember beyond tonight. Well, you know who else right, is good I at wanna, what they do? Honey I want to give you my honey badger. I want to give you my honey badger story. I have a funny honey badger story. So Honey Badger IO, they've been a sponsor of the show now for a few weeks. We appreciate them. Um, they're very chill about sponsoring us, sponsored us through Patreon, which you can do as well. If you wanted to be a sponsor of the show, you could actually sponsor us through our Patreon. Uh, the exact same way Honey Badger did, and we would give you the exact same treatment. Honey Badger makes it not only easy to protect your code, but they make it easy to brag about them because they're really good at what they do. Uh, if you listened to the show last week, I introduced the PHP Ugly Bot, and uh, we introduced some some features to it. And right away, things broke. I'm like, God damn, it broke. When we came to the Honey Badger spot, 
of uh, the sponsorship of the show, I mentioned, I'm like, huh, that's weird. I deployed Honey Badger on an app. I don't remember what app it was. And in my head, I thought I must have put put on Argus because that would have made the most sense to me. It's it's our application. It's where I would want Honey Badger. But no, I actually deployed Honey Badger on the bot. And after the show, I went to my email and I had Honey Badger sending me emails saying, hey, we saw your bot crash. Here's your problem. Got it fixed in like two seconds after I saw that. Honey Badger did its job and did it well. I was very excited. Yes, there was a lot of guys... squealing for squealing with delight for that uh, afterwards. <laughs> I, I was sitting on the couch watching TV and got a bunch of uh, frantic messages. Oh my God, Honey Badger did it! Honey Badger did it! It's like I, ha- I have Honey Badger on the bot. Honey Badger told me what was wrong the whole time. <laughs> Honey Badger, IO, check them out today. There's no promo code or anything. I think if they ask you where you heard from them, you can tell them. You heard from them from us. And it doesn't, they expand past just PHP. I mean, anything, Rails. We talked about how much we hate Rails, but they, they, they don't hate Rails. They're there for Rails. Python, they're there for Python. JavaScript, they're there. They're there. So I, it's not just PHP. I have a Honey Badger story, too. Uh, I was, I was uh, doing a, a little uh, teleconferencing interview thing. And they had asked me what uh, sort of uh, bug tracking, bug catching solution I used. And I said, well, I'm actually sponsored by Honey Badger, but I wish I could use, <laughs> I can't use them that, I, you know, I have to use this, this other one that the corporate's dictated. And, uh, and he said, well, are you, would you use them just because they sponsor you? And I said, oh, no, I, they are much, much better at what they do. Um, the the one that I use now, I've been using for six years or something like that, and nothing has changed. It's the same base service that they provided forever, and I'm not like getting a list of awesome new features all the time from them. It's just the same thing. Honey Badger is like on that edge where they've got tons of cool stuff that's really new, really like really helpful and uh so yeah i'm a huge proponent I, I, i'm i'm gonna be using them soon i guarantee yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna swap them out and put it put them on argus here pretty soon i think i might even have to upgrade my account to a paid account honey badger does have a free tier so you're i mean there's no risk in trying it and i mentioned on the show and i wasn't sure when i said it before but i thought i had remembered uh if you're in if you're in the Laravel. Uh, ecosystem um, you're probably familiar with some of the more well-known developers and tj miller a uh, friend of the show tj miller um was actually uh I, I i thought he had something to do with the honey badger drivers or the honey badger pa- package for laravel and i went when i went to install it for php ugly bot ugly bot I went and looked at their repo, which you have access to. You can actually look at the repo. And sure enough, it was T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller was the initial contributor and and architect and designer of the Laravel package for Honey Badger. So that that was always good to see. It's always cool. (laughs) That's like uh, externals, uh, that externals I.O. that you turned me on to, Tom which I use like every day now that is actually written by the same guy who did breath, uh, the, the, uh, serverless uh, package for PHP. Uh, I had interviewed, I interviewed him for PHP arc. Matter of fact, that, that interview should be coming out this month and I'm in internals. And I noticed this said sponsored by null in ULL, which is his company. I'm like, wait a minute. And then I read the whole thing. I'm like, Holy crap. This is a, 
uh, what's his name? Marcelo, I think, or uh, it, it reminds me of a, I think it's Marcelo or Marcus or Marcelo, I think it is. And yeah, it's the same guy who does Breath, which is the serverless package for PHP. It's like I love seeing that. Like people I know, they they come out like Ben Ben Ramsey. I've I've been a fan of Ben Ramsey for a long time. Followed him on Twitter. I he's always contributing to PHP internals. I thought he he was had already been a release manager for PHP internals. It turns out he throws his hat in the ring. I'm like. Hey, Ben and I, we're both trying to be release managers this, this year. That's so cool. Um, it's so cool. Like when you, when you stay within this, the community, the PHP community long enough, you see these names that keep popping up and it's like, and they pop in, up in the weirdest places sometimes. You know, John, well, if he gets release manager, we're never going to hear the end of it. No, you guys are <laughs> peasants. You guys are peasants. I'm the release manager. Yeah. I, I alone hold the future of PHP. He'll he'll change the name of the podcast to Eric Van Johnson presents PHP Ugly. <laughs> I like that. It has a it has a certain ring. Meanwhile, to it. meanwhile, he's applying for rookie release manager. Rookie, Green I've got all the power, but I'm a rookie. Why is it called Greenhorns? Why why are rookies called Greenhorns? Is there a reason behind that? I've never what heard is, of that, so what, I don't know. It's it could very Green possibly horns. be racist, so let's not look into it on let's, on, let's <laughs> never never look into the a, historical references for horn? things. A greenhorn is an inexperienced or naive person, a newcomer, and uh, I don't but why? But why is it greenhorn? Why is that the word? Be, well you I guys know, have never, never heard, heard of greenhorn before? I've never heard greenhorn. I've heard of being green and that's just your inexperienced. I've, I've never heard of no, when I first got my big like manual labor job, everybody would call me the Greenhorn. Yeah, you learned yeah, a lesson today, did you, Greenhorn? As I'm bleeding, it's like, yeah, I learned a lesson, bastards. Not trust you guys. I don't know why. Where did the word Greenhorn come from? Urban Dictionary. Okay. All right. While you're while you're looking that up, I want to give a oh shout out to our patreons, our pa- our patrons via Patreon, our patrons via Patreon, which of which we have two. Two new Patreons. Patrons. Did you, did you catch that? Patrons. Pa- patri- patries. <laughs> so one one I, I'm I'm not familiar with, but we appreciate you, Luciano. Luciano, there you are, right there, Luciano. Clayton has also become a patron, and he's actually they they've been a, a listener for the show for a very long time. Uh, I've spoken with Clay- Clayton over uh, DMs as well. So appreciate the both of you very much. Luciano. I love that name, Luciano. I just I like I like the name Luciano. Don't blame me. It's fun to say. Luciano. And we, we did Luciano. get a correction on the name B L A Z. Did you see that in the Discord? I did. I, I forget I forget what it was though. What was it? I I, I tried to look it up again. it's like it's, it's like way lush. simpler than we were making it. Yeah, it was it was way simpler than we were making it out to be. Yeah, it was something like that, like blush or something. Yeah. Guess you'll just so, have to figure it out. All yep, right, blush. so you're right. Oh, you found it. Yep, that's you a know, cool. Discord thing. has this whole simple search thing, and I just search blush, and oh, the correct pronunciation of my name is blush. Hey, see, blush. Sometimes this brain kicks in. That might be the first blush I've ever heard of. I. I've, I don't think I know anybody else named Blush. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's like, oh my goodness. All right. So, wh- 
I, I don't want to harp on this, but I'm going to harp on it a little bit. One of the, one of the things that was called out about the uh, last week's show was the the fact that we were um, uh, how did the person put it? White privileged males or something? The 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 the, the very common theme that runs we know. in our industry. I want to be clear. Yeah, I mean, all three of us very, are very much aware of that. Yes, we're very aware of it. Uh, so, and actually, I, again, listening at the show again, I, I'm not sure where that applied. I'm not sure how that fit into there, but I, I'm not going to argue the point. But where I'm going with this is, <laughs> I interview. So I, I do another podcast. I'm not. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it, but I I, I interview. Uh, contributors to php architect for the php architect podcast not sure if we and about it. last month i the the person i interviewed i i couldn't figure out how to say her name correctly and so i asked her i'm like i'm sorry i, I uh, she was from uh, brazil i'm like i'm sorry i'm terrible with names how do you pronounce your name and and she pronounced it and she, and she goes don't worry nobody can say it only like my family members say it just call me juicy i'm like I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Call you what? She was calling me Juicy. That's the name I go by. I'm like, not gonna do that. Not gonna call you Juicy. <laughs> do you know how much I hate mail I would get if I start calling you Juicy? She goes, I don't. And it was funny because to her, she's like, I don't understand. That's my name. Call me Juicy. I appreciate it if you call me Juicy. I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> also, call me Juicy, a fantastic indie film. <laughs> and first, first thing she had written an article on um, uh, legacy code, and in in and I'm going all this off memory because I read the article. Fantastic writer, uh, fantastic, um, yeah, write writer or author, and I was so surprised. I was her first English speaking podcast. And that was her first English uh, article that she had written, and I, 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 I was just so in love with with her writing and her knowledge. And uh, the first thing I told her, I'm like, "It's clear you've been coding for a long time, and you've coded with a lot of legacy code." Because her article just kind of really, this isn't PHP Architect. I don't need to get into that. Pick up the latest issue of PHP Architect and and read the article from Juicy. You you won't uh, you won't regret it. it it's I, I am so fortunate to be able to talk to all these people because they're people that wouldn't give me the time of day any any other time, and they're just so fascinating to me. I, I love talking to them. It's it just keeps reminding me how bad I am at what I do, and I need to push myself harder. <laughs> and you and you want to be the release manager. <laughs> And I want to be the release manager. He's already, he's I need to slow everybody little, down somehow. He's getting a little <laughs> cocky about it too. You know, just these. I do this other podcast. You guys might have heard of it, PHP Architect. I, I think I think we're we might be bigger than PHP Architect. I'm not sure. I haven't. I don't see PHP Architect uh, numbers, but the video that we put out, the the video with uh, Sarah Goldman, whose name you misspelled on your Reddit post, uh, oh, has three thousand views. Yes. Oh, is it up to three k? It is up to three k. I I heard from Eric Burns of Laravel News, and he said that our post on Laravel News did very well as well. He was actually very pleased with the post. So now there yes. is there has been an update from Nikita Popov on the situation with the hack. Did you guys read that on internals or 
I externals.io. Yeah. So they they are convinced now that it was not a compromised server, but they did find that there was a an HTTP method that was a password only authentication that <laughs> they, yeah, I saw that <laughs> they had sort of forgot existed. And so yeah. that was the vector that was used by the attacker. But there's more weird stuff in the attack. The attacker guessed, guessed usernames a couple times, <laughs> like two or three times, and then was successfully logged in. So uh, the whole thing is so strange. Uh, the, the behavior of the code that was committed, the calling out the, uh, the, the zero day company, the using that, a, a that part is so weird. The whole thing has got su- just such weird smells to it, but it is uh, it is moving on. It's resolved now. A lot of the uh, systems, like the wiki and the members pages, are moving over the, to newer systems. The the, well, the wiki got updated. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. The, the HTTP module was in something with with Git, right? Yeah, it was their custom Git rolled out server, and it, and, it uh, was allowing pushes over HTTP, not just SSH. Right, but that was something with they, basic off. With basic off. Yeah, that was something that yeah. they weren't aware of. So, Well, they f- had forgotten about it, yeah. So listen, if you were in Discord with PHP Ugly, you would actually be able to talk to the editor-in-chief of PHP Architect right now. He even says he's finalizing this month's magazine right now, and he's punishing himself for being so late by listening to our podcast, which I take as a compliment. That sounds, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> so uh yeah we have you guys would be on a great side of that what is that url john we really we really do have a great discord what is that url i can yeah. tell you what it is if i go look at it and that's discord.phpugly.com Excellent. hey eric every day i saw, I saw people in here I, I saw in your list uh something about php storm 2021.1 is there something new? I, yes, there's there's a new release of PHP. Do I need to update? You're probably already updated if if you use the uh, JetBrains toolkit thing. I, I know that was already updated. JetBrains oh, really? toolbox. I am on twenty twenty point three point two. So twenty twenty one. I I don't typically uh, harp too much about uh, the releases, but this one in particular looked kind of cool. Um, it's funny because we talked about Dreamweaver uh, either last show or the show before. I, I forget. They all kind of become this drunken uh, blurb to me after a while. But uh, we were, one of the features that Dreamweaver had is that it had a live preview that, that you could see the, a, an example of your, your, your code as you coded. They're bringing that to PHP Storm. So PHP Storm's always had a live preview of HTML, but now when you define a PHP interpreter, it will actually interpret your code live as well, which is interesting. I'm curious how, how that works with like frameworks and I'm stuff. I'm very uh, curious. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be using that, uh, but we did talk uh, a couple of weeks ago about code with me, which was the uh, pair programming from JetBrains themselves. That's now officially released. That's officially in uh, PH, um, PHP Storm, and I think all the JetBrains are they IDEs. are they charging for it, or is it still free? You know, that's a great question. I don't know. I haven't looked at it. Uh, I should look at that. I I didn't see anything about charge. All all of their blog posts hinted towards it being an additional charge, but if they made yeah. it official, huh, you have to check it out. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. And then you guys were just talking about this. This is one of the cooler things, and and one of the reasons why I put it in here. PHP Storm now has a in scope 
feature that it does. So let's say, for example, um, you have some code and you have a for each loop. And in that for each loop, you define um, items, right? Like, like our item. So you have items as item in your for each. And then you do some stuff with, with item in your for each. And then you break out of your for each. And then later in your code, you have item defined somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. With this new in scope feature for PHP Storm, it used to be if you wanted to rename that variable. So let's say you didn't want to call it items, you wanted to call it I, it would look for item in the whole code in that file. Now with this in scope feature, you can say, Hey, I only wanted to, fu- to change the name of this variable within this scope. And it will figure out, Oh, this is a for each loop. So I'm just going to change the name of this variable in this for each loop. So you're talking thought, about the refactoring, wow, cool. the, the refactoring tools. Yeah. That, that would be very helpful. It's super helpful. There, there's actually a nice uh, YouTube video. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. It should be in discord as well. One of the links I posted in discord. Uh, there's a, there's a nice little YouTube video that goes through it all, but yeah, that's the big thing. Uh, code with me now is officially released and, uh, this, this whole in scope, uh, refactoring. I'm like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So I guess there was another thing I've, I've minimized. It was something. You. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> you you gave me the stream deck. I'm gonna use it. Uh, no, uh, as as far as the pricing goes, um, there's good news and bad news. Good news for us: uh, if you uh, own a paid copy of IntelliJ IDEA, PHP Storm, GoLand, AppCode, WebStorm, RubyMine, CLine, or PyCharm, you get the premium version of code with me for free, which is hosting up to 50 guests, unlimited session length, unlimited number of meetings, and technical support via email. Uh, if you're using the free version of IntelliJ IDEA community or PyCharm community, you still get to host up to three guests. Your session length is limited to 30 minutes, uh, unlimited number of meetings, and JetBrains community support. So, Well, 50 guests, that that's that's like... Yeah, that's, that's like nuts. doing a stream or something. Who who pairs with fifty people? That's a that's a presentation in a classroom. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, there is an enterprise version that hosts up to a hundred guests, but you're looking at four hundred dollars per user per month for the enterprise wait, well, version. Four hundred per user. I believe per that that's month. Wait, that's not that's not per guest. It's per user. So right. I, I can that have that's per host. Up to a, that's and it's per up. year. It's per year. Uh, no, not no, per it's, month. Oh, it is per user per year. Oh, wow. Okay, that's not bad yeah. at all, even. Yeah. So no, that's is, still pretty high. That's still pretty high. Well, if, <laughs> no, you're, not, if you're hosting a hundred guests, you're you're doing something that's making money off of each of those guests. So that's true. You are charging for it, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> more, um, more than likely. Yeah. As far as pair programming goes, uh, if you're using Idea Community or PyCharm, you can pair program to your heart. You know, your heart's content. Uh, as long as it's 30 minutes. 30 minutes. (laughs) 30 minute sessions. Um, That's some quick pair programming. Don't ask me any questions. Just watch what I'm doing. Move. But yeah, if you, if you own PHP storm, like most of us do, um, then you get the uh, 50 guests, unlimited session like thing. So it's essentially free for PHP storm users. I'm surprised they went with 50 guests for that, but yeah, whatever. I'm not going to complain. Yes. God exactly. Knows, God like, knows what their bandwidth is. Yeah. Uh, the, and remember cool. too that this is a video and audio and chat room host within the IDE. So they're they're 
doing a lot of work. I need to start using this more with uh, with Diego Dev. It would be, uh, although you know, it's funny because we don't we don't make everybody use PHP Storm. Matter of fact, I think very few of us use PHP Storm. I know uh, I know quite a few developers are VS Code people. Really, I only so knew one or two. I know. Huh. The, the two I want to pair with right now are VS Code people. I know that. The CouchDB uh, people are VS Code people. Uh, our, our other uh, our developer and our other client is a VS Code person. Um, yeah, there's a few. But VS Code has the feature too, right? It does. I forget what it's called. It's not called Code With Me on VS Code. It's it, it, it's similar. Basic, VS Code actually had it first. Uh, I forget what it's called over there. And it's as far as I know, it's free. I don't. I don't remember there being a charge for it. So. so while we were talking, I looked in my JetBrains toolbox, and I guess because I wasn't logged into my account, it doesn't auto-update. Like, I saw the update there. Easy easy to click the button, but now it will auto-update for me. Yep. Hello, Andrew. You see, Andrew? We, we, you, 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 you come in and you say hi. We say hi. We've had a few people join us in there today, tonight. Oh, yeah, I see that. Uh, I well, have. Andrew, Andrew was the first one to say hello. So he, I get, he gets a hello. He gets the way. He gets a hello. Um, uh, interesting announcement this week. Uh, Midwest PHP is remote and free. Oh, free? Really? Free. What? Uh, Midwest PHP is a four-track online uh, conference. Uh, beginner, Everyday PHP, Security and Performance, and Enterprise are the tracks. Uh, Two-day conference uh and i believe there is a paid tier for uh some of the presentations uh i believe there well you know now that i now that i say that i, I look and i can't see it um <laughs> they, they uh, have uh they have a couple of of tedx speakers speaking this is cool i'm signing up for this right away yeah so this is uh real. this is hosted through nomad php so if you have an account through nomad php you go through there and uh sign up for it and one of my favorite things is that it doesn't start at an insane time the what time uh, does it start it starts at 9 a.m central daylight time so it'd be no, seven that's, for that's us. right up your alley yeah. So not one of those uh, five o'clock in the morning conferences. <laughs> uh, so this is going to be a really good one. I mean, there's the the enterprise talks I'm very excited about. Um, there are some security and performance things. Uh, the first day has a, a, a asynchronous PHP talk by Florian uh, Engelhart. That's going to be a really cool one. Uh, so yeah, make sure to, make sure to go in, sign it up, sign up for it, check it out. Uh, it's going to be April twenty second and April twenty third. Uh, so two weeks ish from now, or two weeks exactly from now. Yeah. Just want to make sure uh, uh, everyone <laughs> catches up on that. It's free. You can't you can't complain about free. You really can't go wrong with that one. Yeah, and, and they have some cool speakers. I'm trying to sign up though. How do you sign up? I don't understand how to sign up. I'm just. I'm already it is, in yeah. Nomad PHP. Oh, uh, so so you I get some problems with that. So you get access to the keynotes, the beginner track, and the everyday PHP track on your free account. If you want access you to the entire that? thing, when you when you click on register now, you get to create a free Nomad account. If you want to stream all tracks, ah. including security and enterprise, on Nomad PHP, you have to subscribe, which okay. we are already. Nomad PHP subscriber, so we already have it. Well, then you're going to have to. Bada bing, bada boom. You're going to have to to add me to that list because I need to see those enterprise courses. <laughs> uh, you have a boss, you know. For now, boom! 
I'm in. There you go. It's on my calendar. It's happening now. I'll be there. I think I'm joining. Uh, I think I'm joining Midwest PHP uh, next week. They they do their virtual meetups that I I keep signing up for. Uh, I forget when was that Wednesday? Was that Wednesday? Oh, I don't know where, where when it was now. Shoot. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it's uh, Tuesday the thirteenth. Nashville PHP, not Midwest. Nashville PHP. Again, Ben Ramsey, and who's speaking? Chris Tankersley. Yep, that's right. I like those guys. I can, I can hang with them. Hey, maybe next year they'll have the uh, release manager for PHP 8.1 on board. That'd be a big John, thing. we need to get... We need to start talking about SDPHP again. I think uh, I think it's clear what we need to do. You we guys are make, headed uh, towards the blue zone. <laughs> no. We no? We are, man. Quickly. Yeah, I think so. No, we are not. I got my shot. I got my first shot. You guys get your shots. Yes. We, we went through this last week. Yeah. I was a little. Yeah, I, I, I got my first one. Um, my kid, uh, the 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 kid who hasn't gotten the shot yet, I was actually I was actually kind of gloating a little bit because I was going to have my shot before uh, they had theirs because they couldn't go with me the day I got mine. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to be done with my shots before you. No. No, they got the Johnson and Johnson, so you know they're going to be wrapping up tomorrow morning. Oh, damn it! My my father in law refused anything but the Johnson and Johnson. I still don't know why. Originally, it was he refused. The, he only wants Johnson and Johnson, right? Like he refused Pfizer and Moderna, and couldn't give me a good reason as to why. Mm. Yeah, I I wouldn't have a good reason. I I kind of want to go get Johnson and Johnson now and just get like double protected, just like. <laughs> but I'm not going to. I mean, the error really, just, just, just because just because they're just because and just because the name is there twice doesn't mean you're doubly protected. It's twice as good, and the name itself is awesome. So yeah, that has something to do with it. <laughs> like, all right i can clearly where we tell at? we're where we winding down <laughs> yeah i feel like uh i feel like we're good on time man i i almost uh we almost didn't have uh our normal hour hour podcast last week fortunately fortunately i was able to savage uh savage save enough <laughs> salvage what's it called salvage salvage enough. yeah what, what what do you mean um, salvage what happened i don't know uh when i when i do my normal cleanup. We we must have ended early last week or something. I don't know. It's like when I did my normal cleanup, we were we were pretty far down. And usually, if I by the time I finish clipping all the ands, ums, butts out of it, we we we're typically I typically pull off another five ten minutes off the podcast. But I didn't have to do that last week. So if only we had cut the content about peeing in bottles, <laughs> we'd have. One I think more that's why I kept it in. Yeah. <laughs> just for time's sake all right thank you all uh, right. thank you to everybody who's been listening uh thank you to all of our patrons uh thank you to cloudways honey badger and uh and mom thanks mom thanks for having me mom thanks yeah. to php thanks Ram, Ram, Ramsman, Ramness, Rams, rasmus man rasmus I really should know this name before I'm going to release the code, shouldn't I? I hope there's not a test. <laughs> Do not hold the end of a podcast where I've been drinking the entire time against me. You will. You will be the reason. You will be the reason there is a test for eight point two. <laughs> we won't make that mistake again. Yeah. Maybe an abundance of volunteers isn't good. <laughs> All right, that's it. We're done. 
with this episode, which would be episode number 231. That's it. I'm out of here. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric Yo, he's never on some average shit, you know Eric, he stays loud and passionate I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song Yo, shout the host name Thomas cause he's never wrong Yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet Unlike my freestyles which cause a riot I'm about to do it like this cause the people love me Shouts out to PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.